Well, while we're all still standing, let's pray together. We're going to pray in the ancient way. We're going to pray using the Bible's uh, prayer book called Psalms. We're going to pray Psalm 37. Now, in the ancient way of praying, probably someone in the gathering would say one line, and then the rest of the folks would say the next line. Because psalm prayers are often written in a doublet, in which one line asks a question, which then the next one answers. Or one line says something about God, which then the next one heightens. And so this way we learn about God and offer our words up to God in a back and forth way. We're going to do verses 1 through 6, but then we're going to do 25. Verse 25. Uh, Verse 25, by the way, is the inspiration for this whole morning. Uh, what everything you'll see today. And I love verse 25 because it's a triplet. This is really Bible nerdy, I realize. Um, In a triplet, one group says the first line, the other group says the next line, and then everybody says the third line. And often that third line is something that really has some extra punch to it. So let us pray in the ancient way. Psalm 37. Do not worry about the wicked. For like grass, they soon fade away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord. Commit everything you do to the Lord. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. Verse 25. Once I was young and now I am old. or their children begging for bread. Amen? Amen. Well, have a seat. That third line, you know, the children begging for bread. Um, Because this psalm is basically saying, don't look out there at the world and think, gosh, you know, they're all doing so good and they got money and they go on cool trips and I follow God, so I don't. And uh, it's really that third line. Because some of us are willing, like, I'll take a chance on God and see how this all turns out. But then, like, do we want to take a chance for our kids that they'll miss out, right? That they'll turn out weird, that they'll be resentful. And this this psalm is saying, God looks after the, our kids too. God looks after our kids too. So this is, uh, this is what our morning is all about. This prayer is going to really be a guide to us, I think, in the weeks to come, especially these next two weeks. Uh, if you missed last week and the week before, then you may not know that uh, we are embarking as a church on a financial challenge. We're going to take a three-year journey as a church and try to raise over a million dollars. And this is above our normal tithes and offerings and the giving that we do on the app and in the, in the box at the back. This is above that for other ministry here in our church, in our community, and around the world. And so we're considering what all that, what all that means. Um, the financial challenge is absolutely about ministry that happens here in the church. It's about coming here to hear the story of Jesus so that you can invite your neighbors, you can invite your friends, you can invite your co-workers to hear this good news that God takes care of us and takes care of our children and gives us a new life. It's especially about sharing that good news with our children, our grandchildren who are upstairs right now, uh, hearing that God loves them that God made them and he has a purpose and a plan for them. These are messages the world cannot give our kids. Um, Only the church can give that message. Only the church these days even wants to give that message. And so it's important. It's important. Um, This financial challenge is about one good meal a day for 55 families in Mexico. It's about a safe place to have a baby in Africa. It's about a community center in 
Jamaica. It's about raising up uh, inner city youth to have strong families, stay in school, be leaders in the Christian church. Um, It's about um, helping folks right here in our own community break a cycle of poverty. It's about sharing this good news of Jesus in China. This good news is for all of God's children everywhere. There's no one in here who's going to say that's such a terrible idea. Right? No one in here is going to go, yeah, all that, that's horrible. No, no one's doing that. In fact, I bet there's no one in here who will even say half of that stuff is a bad idea. So if we all agree that this, these are the things that people who follow God ought to be doing in the world, you know, at least, at least half of it or more, if we're all in agreement in that, then why in two weeks won't everyone take the financial challenge and make a pledge? Why won't, why won't everyone do that in a couple weeks? If we all think it's a good idea and these are the right things that Christians should do. So there's a lot of answers to that why. This morning I just want to talk about one. I want to talk about the, the why that says, I think it's a good idea. I agree this is what Christians do. I just don't think this is the right time for my family. We can't. I want to talk about that one. We can't. Um, we have an income problem. Uh, we have an expenses problem. Or we have an uncertainty problem. You know, things are good now, but I don't know that job and economy and all that are going to hold out for three years. I just don't know if this is a good time. I want to talk about that one. Because inside that, I just can't, it's not a good time answer. There's a missing understanding of who God is in all of this. There's a missing understanding of his promise that if we do what he calls us to do, he takes care of us. This is what Jesus meant when he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or wear. Everybody else worries about that stuff. But but God knows you need those things before you even ask. So seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and he will give you everything he needs. Jesus says we do what God calls us to do, and he takes care of us, and this is his promise to us. So you expect a pastor to say something like that, and I just did. But I thought this morning, why don't we hear from some like real people right let's hear from some folks who have actually lived this in their life and and hear what god has done so first i want to invite up donald and shelly dyer let's welcome donald and shelly come on up guys so yeah just have a seat right there i think so donald and shelly you guys have been coming to lakeland since before you were married right Yes. Yes, and so now you're married, and now you're starting a family. So how old is Jack? Jack will be four tomorrow. Four, and then Archie? And Archie is three months. Okay, Jack's birthday is tomorrow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you've got the young family thing going. Now, you guys have always been faithful in giving. You give tithes, you give offerings, you participated in several financial challenges. So how did that start for you in Christian giving? Um. For me, um, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. Um, my uh, parents set a good example. Um, they were faithful in their uh, tithes and their giving. Um, for me, it was a little bit more challenging uh, in my 20s uh, to be consistent in, in tithing. Uh, it wasn't until um, uh, we got married. Um, for those who no, Shelly, um, budget is one of her most favorite words. Um, and so early on in our marriage, um, we both uh, agreed that we wanted um, our giving to be a, a priority. Yeah, 
Amen. And my answer is a little different. So my giving story started very young. Um, when I was just elementary school age, my mom had three envelopes for me, and that was before Dave Ramsey, so she was a real pioneer. Yeah. Um, but I had a tithe envelope and a save envelope and a spend envelope. And so if I got $10 for allowance or something, I would put a dollar in my tithe and a dollar in my save and the rest in my spend. And the next Sunday, I would take my dollar to church and put it in the offering. And so I just learned it young, from both from their example of watching them do it and then having them actually teach me and show me how to actually do it myself. So as I made more money, I was a teenager, maybe I was babysitting, would make 20 or $30, my tithe was 2 or $3. And I, I just always did that. So as my income grew, as I became a grown-up, then the amount of my tithe naturally grew, but it was never a big decision. It was just something I, I always did. So I appreciated that thing that my parents did to instill that like spiritual habit early to where it wasn't ever... It wasn't ever a hard choice to make. It was just, it was just what I always did. Yeah. So this is a start young, raise your kids story for you guys. That's cool. That's cool. Can you tell me about a time that you were afraid, particularly financially, and then you know what God did in that situation? Um, well, for me, it was uh, a few years ago. I was just, I decided to go back to school, which was a stressful, stressful decision. Um, but at that same time, God, uh, I think, presented Shelly with a job um, uh, that allowed me to go back to school. And um, and once I was finished, um, that her job became less consistent, uh, and eventually. Um, went away, but it allowed her to um, be a stay-at-home mom, um, uh, but to me that was evident uh, of God's faithfulness and, and providing and giving her that job um, when we needed it. Yeah, just what you need always is. Is there a scripture that guides your family that you might share with us? Well, we each have one. Uh, mine, I, so I use paper check registers when I pay my bills still, like old school, because... So do I. Well, what you. else would you do? I mean, they're hard to find. <laughs> if someone works in banking... And they do name, look at you funny when you ask for those, don't they? <laughs> they don't have them very often. <laughs> anyway, so, but when I get a new check register out every six months or whatever, I write Psalm 24.1 on it, which starts out, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, just as a reminder that Everything that comes and goes from our bank accounts is not ours to start with. So I don't always, you know, remember that every time there's a transaction. But, you know, when I pick it up and see that verse there, it just reminds me that it's not ours. We're just hopefully being wise with it. That's great. Well, there's a reference again, Psalm. Uh, Psalm 24, 1. Psalm 24, 1. Okay. Uh, mine, for as long as I can remember uh, growing up, uh, my dad... Uh, Whenever he wrote a check in the in the memo line, he would put Philippians uh, 4:19. Uh, My God will supply uh, all your needs according to His riches and, and glory. Um, so to me, that uh, that's important to my family and, and an example that I hope to, to pass on and to to, um, to remember that God will um, uh, will be there to supply my needs uh, and it also helps me to um, be grateful um, for the blessings that I have in my life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I have a gift for you guys. You're the only ones getting a gift. So uh, Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. And so for all of you with kids in preschool, you get this 
I'm sorry, that's the example. You get this one. Um, <laughs> that will fold up into the, I think, doing the craft part of it. So uh, that will to turn into this box. And then for each day of the 40 days of Lent, you can pull this out. And, and you, you know, you kind of do with Jack what it says on there. So this one's going to be great. Taste the drop of vinegar. <laughs> Soldiers mocked Jesus and gave him sour wine to drink. It may have tasted like vinegar. Say a thank you prayer to Jesus for suffering and dying for you. So, you know, we don't have to eat that, ever have that vinegar again if we don't want to, <laughs> thanks to Jesus. All right, so yeah, I hope that helps. For those of you who have kids in elementary, um, they have this Lent scratch-off calendar. That'll be super fun. <laughs> you want one? Yes, <laughs> high school um, or high school. Get a scratch-off calendar and uh, you, you scratch it off and, you know, might say memorize this Bible verse or, or sit at lunch next to somebody who's alone or... Um, I'll read a story about Jesus or walk outdoors and thank God for his creation. So just each day so you can have a little God moment in each day for family. So you'll hear more about Ash Wednesday at the end of the service, but those are, that you can have the example too um, <laughs> if you decide you don't want to do that. So there you go. Thank you guys so much. If you wouldn't mind to move down, we're going to do it Johnny Carson style. And, um, and for anyone who knows who that is. And then I was too young for that reference. Let's go. Um, how about Matt and Tara Sisk? Let's have Matt and Tara Sisk go. Yep, they're going to do the Price is Right run while we're dating ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. So Matt and Tara, when I first met you guys, you were two teenagers at the pool party who were dating. So uh, then you got married and you had uh, started coming to church as newlyweds here, right? Yep, and then you had a couple of little ones and now they're not little. So Karina is a senior and Ty is a sophomore. So I was really shocked at how like expensive the teenage part got all of a sudden. Yeah, especially the senior year. Like it's just full of all these surprise hidden things to buy for a lot of money. So have you found that to be true as well? Yes. Yes. So um, yet yep. through it all, you guys have always been faithful. You, you've given tithes and offerings and you participated in several financial challenges too. So how did Christian giving start out for you guys? So um, I would agree that it was tough for me in the in the high school and in the um, college age. My parents did not um, set up the habit for me, um, but I had heard about it. I was taught about tithing, um, and I really wanted to. So when we got married, it was a good <clears throat> life change for us to just start a new habit. And so um, I asked Matt if he would be willing to do that and he said yes so here we are and so <clears throat> it was it's it's always hard it's always hard to and you always see other people not giving and so it kind of makes it tough to continue like you see what else you could be doing right with mm. your money and so making that choice every time but for me I was part of just hey God tells me to do it so I should and then um, it was also kind of exciting like I think logically there we see a lot of value in what the church is doing, and so we want to invest in it because uh, it it benefits us, honestly. Like, this is how I learn and how I grow in Christ, and so that's where we want to put, where I want to put money. What about you? So I also grew up in the church and watched my mom put money, you know, 20 bucks in the, in the basket 
every Sunday. I, I don't know if it ever added up to 10% of our income. Uh, and of course, I came from a, a household where mom and dad maybe weren't on the same page as far as giving and as far as attending church. And so that, I don't know if that complicated things. I don't, I don't think I ever saw any conflict created because of that. But again, I was a teenager who probably just didn't pay enough attention to notice how much she was really giving, you know, with her time and her money and her efforts and things like that anyway. So when Tara and I got married, which we were just talking about this the other day, we were 22 years old when we got married. That feels like really young and dumb. Uh, But, you know, originally when Tara was like, you know, I think we need to start giving 10%. We did the math and the amount that that was, granted, we had no money to our name, but it was a lot to us. And my, I remember my jaw dropping open. I'm like, you want to give how much? And it took me a minute. And so I think, I think God is funny how he, how he works things and how he reaches you and gets to you. Because I think in the beginning, I think I gave, I gave money out of obedience and, and loyalty and honor to Tara. Um, and I think over time, I believe that changed. And I think God used that and used my wife to, to lead me to be uh, a giver and a leader in that regard. So that's how that started. Um, now, since that time, you know, I, I think giving, tithing is a lot like any kind of your journey with Christ. I mean, there's ups and there's downs and there's there's days where you're like, man, I'm super excited we're doing this. And then there's days where you're like, you know, I went to a Chiefs game with some buddies and all the toys they talk about and all the things they have and there's there's moments where you become envious and I think there's some doubt that's created watching the rest of the world sometimes when it comes to what they give and what they do. But you know, like Tara said, I mean, look around. I mean this this community and this building, the things we've done over the last twenty, twenty five years, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. And I think in the end, reflecting back, uh, I, I think that's it's been very much worth it, you know, a hundredfold. Has there been a time you guys were afraid financially and, and saw God in that somehow? Yeah. yeah. The first capital campaign, the first, very first one was, uh, we were so excited. Like, you guys did a great job of presenting everything that we were going to be doing, and it was fun to be a part of, of this huge mission that was going on um, and being a part of the body of Christ. But we made our pledge, and then um, we found out, like, within the next week, I think, that we were pregnant. (laughs) Thanks, Karina. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was a little scary, um, but, again, exciting. And I think the very first one we gave, um, we were not budgeting yet. And um, after we gave, we were not able to make our house payment. And so um, uh, we asked my dad for help. And um, he was generous with that, and then we paid him back later. But um, that was a huge eye opener for us. Like we've got to, we have to, in order to give this, we're going to have to cut back on other things. And so, budgeting um, came into our life at that time. Tara is the budgeter, and I think when it comes to worry, I think the people who worry are the people who do the budget. And I didn't worry so much because I never saw the numbers, and I just saw her worry. And I was like, well, she'll deal with it. She'll take care of it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for burdening that. Uh, but, no, I, I think it did teach us a ton about, I mean, you know, that first that first campaign taught us a lot about, well, this is how much we gave to that capital campaign. It's like, look what we could be saving 
like where is all our money going with this this amount right i mean so i think that taught us a bunch but like tara said just that just the idea of budgeting you also got to be on the same page uh for a long time she was the saver and i was the the spender and not in big extravagant ways but i just remember the the conversations and the frustration we'd have sometimes about like, why can't I just go spend this money that I went out and made and like, dang it, I just want to go out for dinner. Like, why can't we go out for dinner? She's like, well, it's not in the budget. So she, she effectively earned the name, the, the budget Nazi around our house for a while, <laughs> which lovingly, uh, <laughs> sounds right. loving, right. which, right. which lovingly, I mean, it, it, it really was the, the glue that helped us be able to tithe and you know on top of that with our electronic giving that we do these days it's easy for that to be whisked right out of your account and sent to the church and you never even know that it happens like it's completely off your radar because i'm not a i'm not a paper person sorry i'm electronic but i i know that many people in in this room have taught us over over time you know uh, to put a reminder in your calendar and you know when that dings at you at the beginning of the month remember you know remember where your money is going and why you're giving what you're giving well i know you can set it up monthly to where you're giving the same amount each time but i've deliberately not done that so that i do feel it and i'm making a conscious choice is there a scripture that guides you guys uh where your hmm, treasure is there your heart will be also isn't that matthew 6 that's correct yeah i think i share that one um and as well as the the part before that, uh, I think Luke 12 kind of speaks to the same the same verse uh, verse 33, where it talks about uh, where you you know where you're storing your treasure in heaven, uh, where thieves and and moths cannot destroy, thieves can't come and moths can't destroy. Um, I, I was never really at risk of the whole you know it's easier for a for a camel to pass through the eye of the the, the needle. Than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, right. Being a, a school teacher, I never really felt like I was in danger of that one so much. <laughs> gotcha. So, so these are faithful folks, right? But it, there is a possibility that they're just making a lot of really bad decisions in the first half of life, and then they'll never be able to retire, right? So, um, how how do we know that they're not just messing it all up? So, let's get someone from another stage of life to share, shall we? So, we're running out of seats, Donald and Shelley. So, thank you. We'll let you off the hot seat, and um, you can get a free copy of our home game. So, um, let's uh, let's have uh, Bob Woody and his daughter Ashley come on up. So, let's welcome Bob and Ashley. So there are a lot of men and women Bob's age I could have had come tell this story. Um, so I chose Bob because I know his story very well, because I've seen it my whole adult life, because Bob's my father-in-law. So I'm married to his daughter, Ashley. Um, uh, Ashley's uh, mom, Carol, passed away in May of 2021. So we're, she's an important part of this story, and we, we miss her greatly, but she has gone to her reward with the Lord. So, Bob, all my life I've known you. Uh, you've been faithful in giving. We wouldn't have half the stuff we have in, here in this church building right now if it weren't for, for you along the way at different points, um, you and Carol. So how did, how did giving begin for you? Well, to set, up, set a little history or background, we were very successful. We lived in southwest Missouri, and 
we had a very large carpet and appliance and paint dealership to the point we were doing over three million a year in the sixty's which that's a lot of flow we had a fire that destroyed our store and turned out we were underinsured plus the insurance company was hard to deal with so bringing you up to date we basically lost everything we had I got a phone call we were praying about what we were going to do and in the early in the morning about two months into this phone rang and it was a recruiting company here in Kansas City that said we'd like you to come up here and we want you to talk to forum restaurants now your older people in here can remember Wade's and forum cafeterias so I came up here we interviewed or I interviewed got the job I had to come on up here because we were just opening the forum at Independence Center and so I lived for several weeks at some very very cheap motel out in Blue Spring got everything taken care of Carol came up here with the three boys we found a house out in Oak Grove Missouri through a friend of a friend that we could rent for $250 a month well Carol wasn't teaching at that time I started a new job we had this house where the place for my desk to do the paperwork was kind of in a little entry between several places and I was sitting there figuring out how we were going to pay our bills and Carol came around the corner and said until you start tithing until we start tithing it's not going to get any better so I said okay I'm willing to do that but the first check's going to be $24 because that's all we got so we did it you cannot outgive God because in 30 days I was promoted to a regional manager with a large pay increase with forum Carol was hired to teach school after she had her in Oak Grove and we were blessed we were blessed the fact that Ashley came along we had the three boys God just blessed us so richly and Luke 6 verse 38 I can't say it because I've not recovered a lot from my head injury but you need to read it because you'll realize you cannot outgive God and so we kind of made that our mantra we go along and two years later I got another promotion and I became the youngest president of forum restaurants in history I traveled all over the United States because we had cafeterias from coast to coast I saw a lot of people I met some great people but in part of this we met a couple in Oak Grove at church who was just starting into an evangelistic ministry so Carol and I agreed to do it with them so we traveled every weekend I got off work we traveled with them and they had revivals all around and Ashley and her three brothers all piled into our station wagon and with half the sound equipment and everything else we traveled 
my part in the ministry was to give the plea so i could i used to be able to quote you sixteen different ways why you need to give but i'm going to tell you right now you need to give because you cannot out give god you have a responsibility you made a commitment when you became a christian to follow the word of god and the word of god is to give and you cannot out give him it says in the bible in what i told you in luke and it's there and we were so blessed Ashley, when we moved up here, we had no insurance. Carol was pregnant with Ashley. Here again, Carol's advice was good because when she had Ashley, then I thought, okay, we got a lot of bills to pay. The OBGYN in Springfield said, you owe me nothing. The OBGYN up here did all of the work with Carol and Ashley for $1,000. Now that is a miracle. Amen. And the Lord has blessed us. All our kids were able to go to college that wanted to, and they have no debt, and we have no debt from it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Are your children begging for bread? Psalm 37 <laughs> said, I've never seen a godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. So your kids are not begging for bread. That you saw, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I want to share your verse here, Luke 6:38. Uh, it says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, and make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen, and that's right. Jesus. And thank you for letting me share. Amen. Thank you for sharing. So this is the whole run, everyone. So again, whatever you decide to do in a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks from Commitment Sunday, whatever you decide to do, there's a lot of reasons to make every possible decision. But I would not make fear or I'm not sure God's going to take care of us one of them. I would just I would just remove just that one and, and trust in the promises of God. These stories, uh, there's many of you could have told the same. All these different stages of life, God's there. And uh, as Jesus said, uh, we've heard all the verses today. So thank you, everyone. Yeah. Let's stand together. You, get, you can stay seated if you, if you would like to. But let's stand together. Let's pray that Psalm 37 again. All right, let's put some zip on it. Don't worry about the wicked. For like grass, they soon fade away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord. Commit everything you do to the Lord. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. Verse 25. Once I was young and now I am old, amen. Or their children begging for bread. Amen. Amen.